right, welcome to episode four of season two of the Rap Writers Show. This is Dan. I'm here with Eric Deep, Reed, Manny, and our special guest today, Mikey. Introduce yourself. What's up, guys? Um, a lot of you know me as Mikey Fresh. Uh, <laughs> my name is Mike. Obviously, call me Mike. Um, I'm the senior artist relations manager at Genius. Um, before that, I was a senior music editor at Vibe. Um, and then before that, for many years, I was also um, working up with Miss Info as a content director of her site, MissInfo.tv. And just like her, all-around general assistant. Cool. New music cartel in the house. Yeah, shout out, everybody. Two dope boys on Smash, not right? Nice, nice, You heard nice. that new, everybody? Yes, right. yes, the era. Um, well, let's start first with what it was like to come up in that blog era, because I think some of us were ancillary to it, some of us followed Man. it, some of us loved it, wrote for it. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, as um, a lifelong hip hop fan, it, it was great to move to New York and 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 you know meet all these people, meet Miss Info, meet SK from Not Right, um, Two Dope Boys, me, you know, meet everybody from On Smash, meet Loki, and just get, really you know get get as kind of get embraced. I, I was younger than him by a few years, so kind of just get embraced as a little bro. Um, and obviously, at that time, we we watched print, we watched magazines like Vibe and Source and Double XL really go that to that transition from just the print magazine to a whole digital brand and to be a part of that and be a part of the, you know, kind of like the blog area. If you think about it, it feels like we were kind of like the rebellious kind of like new kids on the block, you know, like, like, you know, the whole medium had changed where it was like new music was only breaking through DJs and, and traditional formats. And then right. here come like these just, yeah, just renegade internet kids that aren't necessarily all from the industry. Don't necessarily have background in, in anything media related, but are, you know, making a lot of noise and getting, getting the attention of not only the hip hop community, but obviously all the major labels early on, a lot of the streaming services, because we were really, the first like pirate streaming services before um spotify and, and and everyone came around and the curators outside of like sort of the major publication system yeah for sure you know like blog rap became a whole subgenre that right. that's mm -hmm. still you know used today now you know we're on to the soundcloud generation yeah. the soundcloud rap era but it's you know you can look back and if you say blog era rap you know exactly which artist which which websites who was around so i, I think it, it's a cool like when we look back, it'll be it'll be a cool way to just remember that time period in time. Definitely, yeah. uh, in music, I should say. Yeah, and, and I for, bet you, for context, real quick, can you just explain? You shout out of the new music cartel for people that don't know what the fuck we're talking about right now. Can you give some context on sort of that blog era and, and what the the cartel was, Eric? Oh me, uh, he just explained it. It was uh, it's two two dope boys exclusive zone. Uh, you heard that new. Uh, oh yeah, Mr. X, man, my yeah, bad. I, I really, right. I, I, I messed up. Shout, shout it, out to Mr. X from Exclusive Zone. Yeah, it's literally just like a, a a crew of people that were just you know ahead of ahead of all the new music. They were the ones that got it first. They were the ones that got it directly to them at times. They were the ones that got the exclusive songs, and they were able to put their drops on it. Like I don't know if Miss Info had a drop, but you heard that new definitely had a drop when he had like new shit. Yeah, drops were definitely. Really cool, but also very short-lived because it was like, wait a minute, why are we <laughs> incriminating ourselves? Because <laughs> we, you know, before that, there was really no C and Ds in 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 streaming music, and at, at that time, we, you know, pretty much responsible for. Damn, I'm not giving way too much for the legal department <laughs> at all major labels to send out these <laughs> cease and desist. Yeah, you, right. yeah, a lot of crazy, and it's crazy because the same companies who 
tried tried to stop us were, were, would be the same companies who would also reach out yeah. to get exclusive to exclusive uh, premiere music through our websites to do content or like to invite us. Through you guys into exactly, like yeah. And so yeah, it was it was a crazy time. Which it, sorry, which artists do you guys associate the most with that era? Ooh. For me, I would say. You remember you and I? Mm. Yes. The two guys, one of them was no. Thursday. It was I don't know. two man group kind of introspective. Were they down with like Tanya group? Morgan? And, and Tanya Morgan. That, that crew wow. yeah, yeah, of, yeah. yeah, there was a very. I hope I have their name right. It's you and I, uh, Fashion. I remember him. Mm. Fresno. XV. Active. Shout yeah. out to Fashion. Then, still killing it. Do you remember Quest? He's a dude that two dope boys loved. Yes. Silver the Q, man. Silver the Q, my man. Just dropped the great project. Yeah, he's dope. Yeah. It, what happened to him? He's uh, still on the queue now. He changed his name. He's yeah, he's doing his thing. Oh shit, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. He actually just <laughs> dropped an amazing project recently. Really? Yes, yeah. Word. Apologies right. in advance. Yeah. So good. Um Manny, who would you say? Donis? Yeah. <laughs> Donis. I think <laughs> going, yeah, going definitely Donis. I think that's when I was like really getting into like currency. Mm. Uh I don't I just remember like remember specifically like, man, currency and a whole weed rap. Because like when I was in college, it's just like what I'm about to age myself. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm under thirty, so I guess that's good. Um, that's like twenty old, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, I was like the only guys. Me and my friends were like the only people really smoking on campus. Mm. Um, and so during that time, that's when a lot of smokers was like getting really big. So like I really got into um around really got into currency, really got into Wiz later on. Really got that's when I found Dom, um, Dom Kennedy. Mm. Really got into Dom Damn. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Oh man, I forgot what blog I seen it on, but I remember they posted it and was like, "Yo, he's doing um, a listening." I think this is for West Side with Love, and it was at a, 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 a clothing store. Mm. And then me and a couple the of my friends, one? yeah, me and a couple of my friends just took a, took the train out here. It was like, "Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go check this out." Um, and so it was really important, really important, and it helped me like. Also, be like, oh, I can actually do this too. I don't have to wait and get that call up from um, the magazine. Yep. You know, it was just like, oh, I could just do shit on my own. Definitely felt like a, a new way to get information just about like releases. I remember I found out about like the mixtape about nothing release party for, with like 10 deep. Yes. Like that was like, oh, man, legendary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like Charles Hamilton was like Charles Hamilton definitely, definitely was That's the when he was epitome releasing. and death of the blog era. Oh my maybe. god! Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I just feel like a group that really like, or a duo, I should say, that really symbolized that is the Cool Kids. Yeah, I feel like they yes. kind of just embody. But, yeah. You know, the the whole Steez change, the image change. They, they just they were literally two cool kids. <laughs> you know, like yeah. for a, as part of the new school from the Midwest. And I did it a show at my college, and it was like seven people there. And I came, and but it was love. I was like, man, this group is awesome. And they started getting bigger and bigger because of the blogs. And it was like, yo, we got this extra look because um, we just was on the site. Like, right. we just, just followed these blogs. And then you got, these, you got a chance to see some of these people early before anyone, before they blew up and became their name. And I also feel like the the freshman list started around that time, yeah. right? With 2007. Asher, yeah, with Cuddy, yeah. with all those people. I almost w wonder if that was like a direct answer to the blogs. Like, oh shit, we got to pick ours because they're, they, they, you know what I mean? They don't have to, the beauty with, with blogs, they don't have to wait for an issue to drop. You could yeah, yeah, say yeah. who's hot now. They had right to now. wait a whole month before they could crown new artists. Totally. Exactly. Absolutely. Here's a here's a question. Do you, would any of us be here if the blog era hadn't happened and we sort of saw that like, Almost democratization of music and rap journalism and fandom. 
Mm, that's a good question. Mm. I feel like it was important, but I always had in my mind of working in music. Now, I didn't know until like later on when I did my internship, and I was like, oh, shit, this actually, I actually can do this. Um, but I always knew like for some facet of the way, I'll be something behind music just because like I just grew up like that was the thing I was interested in. Like it was sports and music. And I was like, I need to find my way to either work, either writing for it or working for a company within it. Right. And so um, then when I started my internship and when I started also reading, be like seeing the blogs, um, the impact it had, then it was like, oh, shit, I can I think I could do this. I'm pretty up to date with music or just I I went to the mixtape circuits and found shit. I traded burn CDs, got numerous amount of viruses. So <laughs> I'm like I think I could do this and so it definitely sparked. It definitely sparked right. the the, um, the fire that I had to pursue it. What about you, Mikey? Um man, damn, it's it's a hard question. Honestly, I I don't know cuz I definitely feel like um you know, I I kind of came in at, at the tail end of um of print journalism maybe around like a Oh five, oh six. Um, I was actually intern at the Source magazine, but yeah, man, I I don't I don't think so because I I feel like I I knew pretty early on I was never gonna be able to write like Caramonica and Fantasy, <laughs> and I I knew pretty you know pretty early on I needed to kind of find my niche, and and for me it, it was you know all everything I learned in the you know the blog era of rap because it was also covering events, mm-hmm. it was also figuring out what what relationships I had to build and and who I had to stay close to because. Like like you guys were kind of saying before, like a lot of new album information, new mm-hmm. release dates. It, at that time, it came through the blogs. You know that that mm-hmm. was before people, everybody was breaking stuff on on Instagram and and, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this was when I read blogs like Misinfo and like Not Right. It was just seeing the personalities, like who are the who are the people writing these blog posts, and like Mikey, you were one of them. SK was one of them, you know what I mean? Just like reading your guys' copy and like how you like put your personality into the song, like, oh, this is why it's good or this is why it's bad, sort of like motivated me to do it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could do this one day, you know? Very and- touching. <laughs> For real, though, it's very touching to hear because at, at that time, it, it, I don't know, it didn't really feel like maybe we were, we were kind of having that impact because, we, you know, a lot of us were young too, but now to look back on it, it's like, oh shit, there was, we made, we had a little stamp, even if it m- might be a small ripple in this whole, you know, the big pond, the big scheme of things. Right. And all you can hope for is to sort of like have a, a readership and a viewership of kids like you or that are maybe yeah. like a year behind you that sort of want to be where you're at. Exactly. Because, you know, at heart, as, as journalists, I think we were, we were all are just rap nerds at core, you know? Yeah. That's what it did, the blocks, is that made everyone kind of gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, for me, it was... It went from me loving music and it being a hobby into it becoming part of my identity at college mm-hmm. because I was the guy that looked at all the blogs and downloaded right. all the music. Yeah. So at parties, I would bring it. Mm-hmm. And people started associating me with bringing music and stuff like that. So, for, yeah, at that point, it became part of my identity and it kind of grew from there. So I don't think I would be in in the industry without it. I think that's a key point with that you said. It turned from a hobby to something like tangible, like mm-hmm. oh snap, like I can I can actually do this and make right. this as a living or something I can do to earn some money. Yeah, and make uh, this a real thing. Exactly. Totally. I remember I uh, I had a college radio show at University of Miami when I went there for a little bit, and it was like a rap show that I was like co-hosting with this kid who was like older than me, and so he would just play like the new albums that came out. And then I would like come in and I would play all the shit I downloaded off the blogs. 
It's like a new like King Chip song. And then people yes. would call in and be like, oh yo, like, where did that come from? What yeah. is that? That was crazy. And like, Chip, I was like, oh shit, this is dope. This is like a new thing in Chip the Ripper Avenue. Yeah. Chip the Ripper. <laughs> we'll always know blog error, we know. Sorry. But yeah, I was like, oh, now this is a really cool thing and, and cool access to... You, you just felt like you were in the know about shit that most people didn't know about. Same. Yeah. So, because the big thing around that time, it was that like, you only really got your music from like two different ways. It was either from the television or the radio. Right. Right. And so around that time, especially when you're just like, you get into going to college or whatever, it's just, you just wasn't around it all the time. Like you just wasn't in the car riding around, listening to the radio, or it's just very regional. Mm. And then the TV, like you were just poor. So you're just like, I didn't have MTV um, growing up. I had to go watch somewhere else. So it was just like that. When I went to college and you go to libraries, you got the opportunity to figure out, yo, who's this kid from um from the Midwest? Right. Chip the Ripper. Mm -hmm. Yo, who's this kid from fucking um Gary, Indiana? Oh, that's Freddie Gibbs. Right. Uh, who this who's this dude from Detroit? Like you just got all the music from mm -hmm. around the country. And it was just like exciting because you yeah. was like, oh man. I'm not just like it's, it's, the music isn't just in tri-state anymore. And, like, and think about how much that it just makes me think about how much that all changed the sound of rap, mm -hmm. of modern rap as we know it today. Because totally. all those regional sounds became this one single unique sound that's right. just now it's just this altitude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> southern <laughs> flow. But it's like it used to it used to be all different at one yeah, point. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah, that was the thing too. Yeah, from every different region, you you kind of felt different things going on. You felt like yeah, when Lil B went on his like early spirit, like this shit sounds totally different. Yeah, from yeah. Everything else that's happening. And should we get into the first song and then uh, get into the big topic of the day, Eric Deep? Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. What's uh What's the song? Uh, it's Keith Ape and Wi-Fi Funeral. It's called uh, Ninja Turtle. I'm working on dying. Shit, pop the pills, feel like ninja tartar bitch. Bend that neck, mask on me, like I'm ninja tartar bitch. 
bitch. Money, bitch. Like my shit, my pocket dripping. Yeah, Ooh, jeez. Yeah, all my jeans, yeah. Let nigga, I don't do Supreme. Yeah, the drip come with a fee. Bitch, so that tent made me sweat. Niggas, they saying they real, but they test as a threat. Walking like a zombie, uh. Too much drink, I need an eye. Uh, playing around with my life like shit, bitch. Shit, I wish you would try me. Claiming that he not snitching, but that paperwork is showing otherwise. Ooh, boy. Yeah, can't underline with no fuck. Nigga, can't ride it down for no pussy, bitch. Fuck it right down to a leg switch. But the spine of lip is like a backflip. Back wood for the stank, got my ass kicked. Know me, nigga, shit. Yeah, I've been a threat. Blue hunters like I'm BMF, but the block know that I'm drip set. Too much drugs in my system, fail the test. Nigga, shit. Yeah, I've been a threat. Blue hunters like I'm BMF, but the block know that I'm drip set. Too much drugs in my system, fail the test. Come fuck with me, fuck with me. All right, Eric Deep, why don't you lead uh, the, the topic of the day? What do you got? Okay, well, that was Keith Ape. Um, the reason we played that song is because he's got his EP coming out, uh, Born Again. Yep. It's on the 29th. Um, so I just wanted to, I think we as a collective want to talk about the state of Asian hip hop. Um, mm. I think that feels just, like a setup. It might be a setup, uh, but you know, Mikey, you've 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 done like events around this topic. Uh, I, I think you did one recently with Honey C and uh, Donnie Quack, right? Like you did one. Yeah, that we, we we had a panel, and it was pretty much on the state of um, not only Asian music but Asian American hip hop specifically. Yeah. Um, so Keith A. He's he's probably the only one um, from you know a different country that's really relevant in America. Uh, it's off of Ichima, and then uh, that came out in 2015. Uh, so wow. three years later, so crazy. he's finally putting out his debut EP. Uh, so I just wanted to ask you, what, what do you think about Keith Ape? Uh, <laughs> when's the first? Uh, how about let's start with this? Like, when's the first time you heard of Keith Ape? Um, well, I, I should say, let's give a little more context. Yeah. <laughs> I am also, I'm, I'm Korean American too. And obviously, you know, I, um, as a journalist, I, I cover all kinds of hip hop, but specifically I, I know a lot of Korean American hip hop artists. I know a lot of K-pop artists too. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of in that world of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely Keith Ape, someone who in his own right was like a trendsetter. Um, virtually he was unknown even in Korea un until he released Ichima, like you said, in 2005 and blew up. Um, and Two, that 2015, sorry, not 2005. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, 2005. Um, I think he was born in 2005. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he he's somebody to me who I, I also around that time, um, before he you know signed with 88 Rising, who now is a huge you know Asian music platform. Yeah, he yeah totally changed the game, but like. We have to, we can't go anywhere without saying that OG Mako introduced a song. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bitch, you guessed it. And from that song, uh, Keith, damn, blatantly sounds like I'm, I'm trying to call him out, but you know, he cleverly <laughs> played off that song and released uh, a, a Korean language version. Right. Yeah. He flipped so, like the flow, the yeah. same kind of beat. He, there you go. Yes. Took the delivery. Into his own thing. Yeah. Something that's very, that happens to him all the time. Nothing mm -hmm. frowned upon. Um, sure. 
But yeah, also to, to somebody who, you know, is familiar with Asian artists, he was a, a big surprise too, to see him come out with that song and have the impact. Mm. What about, uh, did you, have you listened to Japan 88? So it's Keith Ape and Famous Dex. It's a remix of uh, Japan. Yeah. That was on the 88 Rising Project. That record is solid. Is ver Verbal, is that one of the yeah, Verbals also verbal, on it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Teriyaki Boys. Good song, good that song. That record is song. solid, yeah. Yeah. You reviewed the project, Reed. What did you think about that one? I did. Yeah, I reviewed it for Pitchfork. Um, I thought everyone on it was really talented. And I think uh, like Rich Brian and uh, Joji, um, they, were all, they were all great. I thought, I think the people that stood out the most, the artists that stood out the most were the Higher Brothers on it. I liked their tracks the most because they were the most unique. I think the kinetic mm. energy of those tracks was like very fitting. Yeah, you can see why they're you know, so big. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you saw him in in Chengdu, right? Yeah, um, I did. And that was, it's real. The movement yeah. is real. Yeah, you said that concert was crazy. What I this is like very relevant to the conversation we're having. And um, I I didn't give the album a great review um, because I thought the songs were uh, very much catering to the guest artists and kind of the popular sounds. And even though that they completely pulled them off and a lot of them worked still, they mm -hmm. were like very much like kind of summertime poolside jams. Right. Um, I thought I wish that the artists would pull it a little more towards themselves, the songs, and that they would um, kind of go with their own sound and make something. And so. tell you the truth, that that's like it's in to this day, it's a huge theme of, mm -hmm. of why a lot of Asian artists, I think, projects and their sound goes left because they. Yeah. Spending so much time trying to cater to, you know, American audiences or yeah. international audiences, yeah. Well, I think the case for that is because they know America's where you can become a star, you know? And sometimes you you have to, like, tell them, you know, like, America's not the end-all, be-all, you know? But in their mind, if they're in another country with, like, you know, censorships or whatever, right? I think Korea has a censorship, and I think China does too, right? Oh yeah, well yeah. In in China, it's it's very extreme. Yeah, the censorship. So they're very limited already on how they can move upward. So it once if if they make it in America like one song, they already think they made it already. You know what I mean? But I don't know. But I feel like that's also like a a problem in a way because they're constantly trying to adapt to American sounds. They're trying to, you know, take take from hip American hip hop and not really taking from their own country, you know? I don't know. Just, I feel like that's, like, that that can be a problem. Is there an artist that's, like, you would say that's, like, this guy is, he's unique. Like, he's actually trying to, i.e. Higher Brothers, he's trying to make music that caters, that's um, that's from him, genuinely from him. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, especially in, in, in Korea right now, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think... It, Right now, when people think about Korean music and Korean pop music, they just think about BTS, you know, mm -hmm. who, who are huge and super great, but they're like a huge commercial group. But you have artists, um, th there's a the label out, the, the, the Illionaire crew, uh, mm -hmm. there's an artist yeah. named Doki who yeah. makes great original rap music, you know? So th th there's a huge list of, of artists that just, they, they're not on that platform yet. Mm. You think How do you... Sorry, I'm just going to zoom out for a second. Because right. I feel like we just went really deep, really immediately. <laughs> uh, how do you, as like a journalist and also as like a Korean person and also like someone that knows artists in that world, how do you sort of traverse like the world of, uh, I guess, Asian rap? Like how do you traverse that world of who's actually like accessible to you? 
who is kind of crossing over? How do you like follow that? How do you sort of see that in live shows with who their fan bases are and, and all of that? Right. Um, you know, uh, obviously as a Korean American person, as an Asian American person, I, I always want to see Asian people win. Right. So I, maybe, you know, in my core, I do have a soft spot for Asian artists as far as, you know, giving them a chance or, or being heard. But also at the same time, I, I traditionally never worked in Asian music. I, mm -hmm. As you guys all know, I was very much working in American hip hop in, that, in, the, in the media industry. Um, so I, I think for me, it was always important to make sure I was always, always keeping a high standard, a non-biased view on, on, on hip hop in general. So mm -hmm. I, it wasn't like... I'm not giving black people, white people, or Asian people, Spanish people, anybody a, a, a favoritism toward toward any, you know any type of artist. Sure. So for me, I, I think it was always just making sure um, that I'm, I'm being fair to everybody. You know, it, just because we have a personal relationship, I cannot put you on just because you're Asian. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and then that's the thing because, like you said, as an Asian person, you want to see Asian people win. So yeah. I, I hear that a lot. Like, come on, man, we're supposed to be Asian brothers. You can't put me on no. vibe, or you couldn't that's put me worst. on on misinfo. So <laughs> right. yeah, I, I think just having some some art, you know, journalistic integrity sure. is, is, was important and making keeping my head above water. Being that close, do you also see? Do you feel like you're seeing trends like happen more and more, or do you feel like? you're knowing what's like popping sooner than maybe like the rest of like the the rap fan bases uh yeah definitely especially you know right now in in because k-pop and korean music is it is is so big i do have friends who work at yg and they work at sm and they work at these yeah. big labels so they can kind of give me the heads up and let me know like who, who's about to come out who's really popping who's not all right mm. is, do you think there's a balance in the in how asian hip-hop is covered in the rap media right now um, no, I, I don't think it it's balanced, but I don't think, wait, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not balanced, man. It's it, facts. It, it's, not. It, it, it's not balanced, but... Why is it not balanced? It's just, it's, um, I, I really don't know. I mean, it has, maybe it has to do something with clicks. Maybe it has to do something with, uh, maybe Asians. I don't know. I really don't know what it is, but it, it just seems like we cover a lot of, like, you know, mediocre artists because they get the clicks. But like someone like Lyrics, right? He just dropped the, this freestyle that was like really dope. And it was like a statement on like why he's rapping and why he's, in, why he's an Asian rapper, you know? It was like super dope. And like no one like wrote about it or picked it up. Mm. And I thought like if I was in those seats, like an editor seat, I would tell a writer to write about this because it's actually, it's dope, it's hip hop. And he's saying some real shit versus like this moment rapper who's, Rapping about his bust down and shit, you know, like no one fucking cares. You know what I mean, I, mean I, yeah, I, I, I think I definitely 100% feel where you're coming from, but I don't know if that would be fair to say because just because um, Asian American, or Asian Asian rapper, Asian K-pop is, is is having a moment right now that they can say it's not balanced. Because like, imagine how people from any other ethnic group feel about their represent their representation in hip hop. Right. I bet you the, there's phenomenal German rap, there's phenomenal French rap, there's phenomenal. All kinds of international rap. So I, right. I don't know if, if that's a fair statement. Yeah. I would say there is apprehension, like which is bad because I think coverage-wise, because um, there's a lot of shitty shit that's getting posted on. <laughs> um, and so I feel like just because the person is a, a decent name um, and just looks apart, they may get a pass, which is, which is bad. Because um, I think there should be a more emphasis on is this good? Um, and also to like kind of scrub away this the the notion that um just to how the person looks can affect um 
can determine the outlook of where the song goes. And so I really think that needs to be a more like international um, look on music posting in general. And also it needs to be like a more um, unbiased look because I definitely see a lot of, I get pitched a lot of shitty, um, uh, uh, I guess, how can I say this? Um, Non-people of color in music, a lot. Like, uh, so like, if you like, if the person, person, you know what I mean? It has this look and I'd be like, this is fucking terrible. Why would you even send that to me? But that person is signed Mm -hmm. and um, with a PR agent who's credible, that boosts them up. I think that's, that's that's what helps. Yo, but Manny, so let, let me ask you: Do you also do you feel like you, you get targeted by uh, publicists because of, of your name? Because I think people, a, Asian publicists, <laughs> oh, publicists that work for Asian companies, they see my name and they're like, "Oh shit, 100%. this Asian dude is definitely gonna post my thing." Hundred percent, and I hate it, and I hate it. So I just be like, "Oh nah, that's, no, we're gonna pass." That we're gonna me once pass. as a Russian person. This <laughs> <laughs> Russian rapper. Yo, shout like, out to my boy, your old Drew. <laughs> I hundred percent get pitched like the Afro beats. I'm just like, I like where do you look? I don't work in this field, and so I understand if it's good, send it to me. I'm gonna listen to it, and if it's good, I figure out a way to to post because it's good. But like, you're sending me some Joe Smo. Backs off. Side story. I'm Nigerian, so if you send me some dude Nigerian from like cultural influencer yeah. content creator, <laughs> content creator, and linker and builder. So if you send me some stuff from the Afro beat. And like, just because he's from Afrobeat, I'm just like, no, uh, it's kind of trashy. I think I'm gonna pass. Don't get offended, right. and don't just send it. Well, and to so- your point, so so you say that like someone might look the part, um, but they have this backing, but they have a label. So, thinking about these artists in the Asian hip hop community, do they even get that opportunity to be signed and sort of to have that backing that other artists might just for having the look or, or the sound a lot don't like a hundred percent that's which is why i love 88 rising and i don't love everything they do but i do love that they are pushing like hey let's these are some talented people who don't have the backing just because they don't look the typical you know they don't look the typical cool thing the typical thing that's going to break and so they're really trying to do something different which i respect if anyone does and so i mean i like all the music that's coming out i mean like the artists all the artists that's there but i i appreciate the fucking try to, to do, the fucking trying yeah. to do something um, because like a lot of the time is the it's the outside shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the average listener would look into an eighty eight rising artist if they weren't paired with an artist that they already knew. See, I I don't know about that now well, because what who's the average listener? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't know about that because the internet changes everything. Like, like I go to these shows, like I go, I try to go to as much different shows as possible, and like it's so diverse now. Like, you can't just pin it on, like, if I go to this show, this would be the only people that go to this show. Like, I go to, you, it's, the internet changed everything. Yeah. I think I was just, like, trying to get at, like, like, someone who's trying to catch up on the latest rap music. Um, if they see Keith Ape and Chief Keith have a song together, they're, they're going to check out that song. And then they're going to maybe dive into Keith Ape's, Keith Ape's, like, solo stuff that doesn't have Chief Keith on it. You know what I mean? Right. If, if they like if they like what they hear. But yeah. I think that's the main point. They have to like what they hear. No matter if it's mm-hmm. Asian, if if it's Latin, if it's American. If if they don't like it, if they don't if it's not pleasing to their they're not they're not gonna support it. Yeah. So working with are you allowed to talk about what artists that you work with? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll 100%. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, I definitely can. Working with the artist uh Ted Park. Um have you sort of witnessed these 
roadblocks along the way that you maybe like didn't see as a pure journalist or as someone that works like in the industry on the other side? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think I, I was a bit fortunate enough to have experienced a lot of the roadblocks myself. Um, you know, just coming to the game as an Asian American journalist, I always wanted, I always felt the need that I was being kind of being tested to see if I was re really credible in the subject. You know, not only the music, but obviously the culture. Hip hop started and traditionally has always been Black and Latino culture, so I, I felt like I personally was always being kind of just, you know. Just, just tested to see if I was really down, <laughs> so to say. So I, I think I was able, able to kind of. Oh, I should say I, I, I work on on his management team, so I was kind of there to give him some, some, um, you know, get him hip, give him some game to to, to what might happen. But yeah, definitely, there, there's been many instances where either they felt like just because he was an Asian American artist, he should maybe perform a show for free. On a bill with a with with a uh, uh, a lineup that's all that that is an Asian, you know. So things like that I definitely experienced firsthand. Right, crazy. Um, I do want to talk about this topic with everyone. Um, just I mean, you have have talked about it through text messages all the time. Just like Asian artists is using the N word. Um, we've seen Stupid Young, that Cambodian rapper, that I I really want to like re like support and and push. But the fact that he has like two songs out right now that are like buzzing that then he uses the n-word kind of make me like not want to support him uh there's that kid kid trunks i think you, you've talked about him too um just sort of like just to get everybody's thoughts on that like an asian american or asian rappers when they're trying to you know blow up in this hip-hop space why are they using this this word i mean for me off the bat off the top i can say it's a no-go for me um i totally understand if you are an asian person and you grew up in an environment where everybody was calling you the n-word and and you know and, and you grew around all african-americans and that's just how it is from where you're from you've been in and out of prison and i don't know if anyone here has been to prison but i'm sure we all heard things but yep. that's just the way you <laughs> that's just the way they speak in prison <laughs> yeah right, no yeah, matter if is. you're yeah if, if you're white blacks spanish or latino so i i i get why they're coming from but as Asians, we're still guests in hip hop culture. You know, it like like I, I said, I probably said it three times. This started as Black and Latino culture, so we're always going to be guests in it. So I think there just has to be some parameters where, man, even though everybody around you, even all your Black friends, everybody you grew up with says it's okay, it's fine, we use it. It's just it, it we can't. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Stupid Young has like a future in in hip hop? Like he's he does definitely. I mean, Stupid Young is. A phenomenal artist. He he makes great songs. He has many big features right now. He's probably the biggest he's ever been. He does have a future, but it's gonna be it's gonna come up at some point. You know, maybe yeah. he hasn't gotten to that point, but it, it's gonna be something he's gonna have to face head on. And I, I know he's even now he's consistently asked and, and, and talks about it and, and he's open about it. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a no go uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, I still feel weird when Lil Pump says it. You know. Oh yeah. Um, Colombian, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken, he's Colombian. Not I'm going to say it's a no-go. Reed? Yeah. I mean, the way I guess I can relate to that is, is just being white and then also being guests in hip-hop. Um, I think there's a there's a little difference because these rappers you're talking about are literally from Cambodia and different countries, and they probably learn about hip-hop a lot through the internet, and mm. maybe they don't have a, that direct understanding of uh, the word and the context, what it can mean. The concept, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know Rich Brian used it originally in his name as as kind of like shock value or mm. uh, just a way to like to get his 
get out there and stuff like that. So there's there's a difference. Um, um, but as like a yeah, as a white man especially, like no, I mean, that was much more of a topic when I was younger. Right, white rappers using the N word, and it's just like oh. It's know. a really good point though, the context of it, especially for international artists that don't really know like the weight of the word, and then might just. I've learned, I know someone that learned English by listening to Wu-Tang, and then, yeah. you know, yeah, we all sure. <laughs> yeah. well, I think Rich Brian has been, like, forgiven, or whatever you want to say about right. it. Right, he learned the context, yeah. and then was like, no, it's I'm not different. Gonna, yeah. yeah, it's still definitely different. Manny? Oh, it's, it's a no. Yeah, it's, just, I, the, it's the easiest thing, the rule is, if you're not black, you can't say the word. It's just, it is what it is. And so, um, it's just, it's, just, it's no, like, gray area for that. And so, especially if you get, if you get, if somebody tell you the context and the understanding of it, because I do understand, like, look, you're not from in the states, so you don't right. understand the history and the the meaning and the, the everything behind the word, so you don't get it. But if I tell you, as a black person, and you still use it, oh, it's a no. With that. Manny, I actually, actually, I want, I want to ask you. Um, you know, w w with all that said, um, I I'm just curious to know your take on somebody, not like uh, Rich Brian, but somebody like Stupid Young, who, you know, early on his his family migrated here from the, they're Cambodian or Vietnamese. Eric? Uh, he's Cambodian. He's Cambodian. Uh, he right? lives in Long Beach. Uh, grew up in the hood of Long Beach, just around that whole area. Like Vince Staples actually shouted him out, so he he's familiar with right. So right. like so somebody like that, like I don't know how familiar you are with um. The Long Beach Asian Crips, <laughs> yeah. but like it, it's you know they're from neighborhoods where it, it's like it, it's, it's the Asian hood for real. You know it's what I mean? It's a part of the culture type thing. It's yeah, like, it's like entrenched in the culture. Yeah, exactly. And to, to like, but how how does that make you feel as as you know as a black guy? I, I've told people before, like, hey, like I don't feel you should use that word around me. So if you are, like, I'm just telling you now, I'm just gonna have to like disassociate from you. So I'm not gonna fight everyone who fucking say the word. Like, okay, yeah, let's let's go right now. Um, but I, I'm clear with it's like, hey, yeah, I don't feel comfortable you using that word. And so I understand that's where you're from, but I, that's not where I'm from. And right. so you can you cannot use the word, and so, or or we just gonna have a problem. Um, and yeah, this is just like it's that's just something I I just very like. I don't know, I've grown to set. Like, yeah, like, I understand, like, that may be where you're from. Like, but honestly, it's clear-cut to me. If you're not black or some black in you or whatever, um... <laughs> Pause. Do you feel weird when Pup says it? Uh, no, I don't even know what's weird. I associate him as black. It's weird. I don't know He's why. Not, I know. But I don't get uncomfortable. And maybe, and I don't, honestly, I'm also older. So, like, what I'm going to say... <laughs> Uh, it's a pump. Like, hey, you can't really use that. You're Colombian. Um, to go back to um, the the idea of being guests in hip hop, is that something that's forever? Because you said that is forever. That, that this is going to be the case um, always. And does it have to be the case? Um, and does that evolve? And and do other cultures get to be or to feel like they're part of the hip hop community fully without being guests in it? Shoot, I mean, I think for me, it, it's always going to be like that. I'm always going to feel like a guest just because I grew up in that 90s era when when it, it was just a, such an important thing to actually um, keep some of the original hip -hop, elements of hip-hop there in, in the forefront. But I, I think, obviously, we've already seen it change. And obvious, obviously, it doesn't matter anymore. People do, just do not really care about your street care or, or, what, or what you've done or what you've accomplished as long as you put out great music. 
it's all that matters. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a genre built on its history and like it, and it's important to know what it came from, especially if you're a guest in it. You should know maybe more so um, what it's about and like the struggles and everything it came from. So um, I think. Yeah, I think white MCs will definitely always be guests in the genre, and I think it should probably stay that way. <laughs> but um, that's okay um, to be a guest in, in the art form. But I think, I think, yeah, I think it should stay that way because the context and history matters. Eric, uh, I just want to read a tweet from Ninth Wonder. Uh, this is in context to, and if you saw the. The outrage of Timothy Ann Burnside. Um, she's a she's a white woman who cu- curates for the National oh. Museum of African American History and Culture. Yeah. Uh, but one of the tweets that he said, I know this is like a really general uh, thing I'm bringing up, but one of the tweets he said that it really like stood out to me was that he 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 wrote, "Hip hop is a discourse that is all in, in, encompass, encompassing. The only validation you need to speak on is if you know, understand, grew up, listened, and have taken in the culture from a certain standpoint." That same point is not skin color. Okay, so here we go. So I had a, I had a discussion about this too when I saw it. I understand that fact and I understand that take, but as a black person, I just feel like sometimes you can't find a black person to do that job. That's where I'm, I'm like, I'm just like, I totally get it. She probably is has credentials, but there's a lot of other jobs she can do. I'm just like, you can't just find, I don't know. Not somebody else that's black to do that job because it's just a different energy. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's just like it's just something like. And I saw the tweet of somebody like they were also arguing. I'm just like I, I just feel and this is getting too left. But sometimes I feel like black people cater to other people just too much. Like it's just like damn. Like it's okay to be like yo. You know what? That should probably be just within us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I feel like other people do that, and it's always us. So they got to take like the I don't want the high road. I guess is the lack of better terms. So when I saw that, I was like, I totally get that argument. And yes, hip hop is and inclusive and whatever. I'm just like, um, man, like you just couldn't find. There's no one else that can fill that role. Um, and so yeah, I don't. And, and then I'm not even even mad at her. I just was like, just, yeah, yeah. This but you think that is a black specific thing? Whereas like if there was a reggaetone playlist at Spotify and it was a white guy curating it like I just feel difference. like I just feel I mean, like they had Tom Cruise play the part of the last Samurai. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, they right. are right now there are many white people playing Asian people in Hollywood and movies they so ben I feel you bro. I feel like, <laughs> I'm just saying like they're just I feel you like if I'm if I want to like somebody said who, who was I talking to it was Cranium and Cranium said the best Cranium was like look I don't care if somebody else outside of the reggae dance hall scene wants to make a reggae record what I do care about is to just make it off of just, I just heard this thing mm-hmm. and I wanted to make that sound. I care if that's a fact, that gets me. Mm-hmm. I would much rather you reach out to someone a part of the scene and be like, hey, like I'm I'm thinking about this. Let's let's see what we can do to get it as, you know what I mean, from the roots as possible. Or just it's just a different energy. And so that's, that's a- why I feel about that situation. Um, I totally understand that she probably is qualified and I don't know, she has her, this is not politically correct at all. And she's, a, and I honestly follow her. Um, but I also, under, I also bring up the question like this, isn't, like, I wonder who the other candidates were. 
Right. I just wonder who like was like That's a was valid she, question. Was she's the was she's the first? Was she's like who was in the pool? Because um, I'm that's what that's what I'm curious about. All right. Hmm. All right. Um, why don't we get into the next uh, part of our show with uh, what song is this? We're just gonna transition. Uh, this song is a throwback. Teriyaki Boys and Kanye West. I forgot the song name. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're so privileged right now to be in the presence of the truth, the creator, the originator of this style. Accept no imitations. Kanye to the with the Teriyaki Boys. Big money need in effect. I, 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 I still love her. I, I still love her. Hard to be rap. I remember I got all my guys down.
know, I know, I know. Uh, this is what y'all all looking forward to. This is more than historical. Anything I say that is audible, auto blow, just like a chick giving Oreo. Lick the black, get the cream like an Oreo. Hit the track, get the cream, same story, yo. Trick that on a money, yo, emporium. It's more important, though. Yes, sir, my aura is orchestral, but way fresher. Cause I simply throw a symphony on a sympathy. But I know that nigga still beats. So after I MC, I empty the MP so I can stay out of reach. They used to say use a producer. I'm glad I never listened to you losers. Cause now I'm in Shibuya buying something that's way too exclusive. Uh, rappers are in danger. This flow is from a manger, but mean it in Lucifer. Yeah, and this is the new drug. I'm the new high. I want your weed back. Yeah, I still love a Hanto E rap. And we're back for our uh, section of the show called Good or Bad. Manny, can we get a jingle? Uh, for Good and Bad? Mm-hmm. All right, let me try. Good and Bad. It's Good and Bad. Jingle changes every time. <laughs> it changes every time. Sure. You got to get fresh. You got to keep it fresh. Keep it spicy. Uh, so this is the section of the show, Mikey, where we play a song that hopefully the rest of the group hasn't heard, and we quickly respond to if it's good or bad. So the first one up is mine, which is uh, S-O-B-R-B-E uh, from the Bay. A song called Made It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So BRBE, that's the game, bitch We came up from none, now we famous I know niggas hate that I made it I know niggas hate that I made it Chop, leave a nigga faceless Codeine in my cup, what I'm drinking My mama tell me it's a damn shame If I could redo my life, I wouldn't change it Up that block on that boy and he froze up Show bitch ten toes down, I'm ten toes up If a nigga want problems, we smoke em. You won't see me on that block if I ain't told him Read. I like it. I like those those guys a lot. We saw them at Rough Trade, Eric and I together, and <laughs> it was a mandate. Um, mandate. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was uh, they were dope. I love them because. They're very much in the Bay sound, and growing up in Portland, like that's the sound I grew up with because Portland imitated the Bay all the time. And they do that rapping style that a lot of Bay Area rappers do, where they're kind of offbeat mm-hmm. a lot, but mm-hmm. it works. Um, this was a little more like, like I said, sing songy, snappy than their kind of more Bay funk um, boss music tracks. Um, but I was still good. And I like, I'm a big fan of the group, so it's hard to say anything else. There. It wasn't mad at it. It's good. All right. Uh, it sounded a little bit like Maroon Five. 
but <laughs> what? hearing it now, wow. Jesus. <laughs> hearing it now in this context when I'm a little drunk off soju, I really liked it. I saw Hassan. Yeah, that's great for, for a, yeah, that's the first a thing compromised single. I'm sure yeah. Interscope was like, guys, we, we, we need one, right? I'm sure Interscope was like, yo, we need a radio yeah, one. That's one for sure. sure I saw Hassan no. bopping and I was like, me too. Yeah. Mikey? <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you guys, man. I, I, SOBRB is a group I love, and I obviously the, we know what they can do. So I think we all know this is the single that the yeah. label was like, we need yeah. this. And for you know a, a cheesy pep, pop single, I'm not mad at it. I've yeah. got some soju in me right now. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Like yeah, it's cool, man. Good. Who is the Who is the person about, singing? Uh, uh, young To was it? Is, and that's the guy leaving. Yeah. Well, we don't know. In Did theory. you check Instagram, Eric? Right. No, no it, it it got deleted. <laughs> to be fair, though, yeah. See, his voice is is great. Yeah. Um, Manny, you like that song? Yeah, I do like the song. SBRV, I think, is one of the most like exciting groups out right now. Also, side note, if we would have had a hundred guesses for the Maroon Five comment, I would <laughs> never guess Maroon Five. I don't think we would ever guess Maroon Five. But what, now what, that he I said it, I can't get it out of my mind. <laughs> right, right, yeah. like, oh, this song's never going to sound the same can again. We hear just five seconds of that that intro. <laughs> is that okay. like moves like Jagger? Tell me you can't like, hear yeah, Maroon Five like on this. That's five. definitely yeah. <laughs> this is the halftime show. Yeah. That's the Maroon 5 with the rap feature. Nikki comes in, does eight bars that make right. no sense at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's why T.O. is so exciting. Is because like, he can give you like the street record. Kill the Maroon 5 he, oh, he can give you a pop record. He could do a duet album with Adam Levine. Yeah. Great. All right. Uh, let's get into the next song. Gunna and Lil Baby. This is Manny's song called uh, Drip Too Hard. Run it back, Turbo. You can get the biggest Chanel back in the store if you want it I gave them the drill, they sucked it up, I got them on it I bought a new paddock, I had the white so I two-toned it Taking these drugs, I'm gonna be up until the morning That ain't your car, you just a Lisa, you don't own it If I'm in the club, I got that five when I'm performing The back end desk came in and all hundreds Fives galore, cute shit, they all on us I'm from Atlanta where young niggas run shit I know they hating on me, but I don't read comments Whenever I tell her to come, she comes Whenever it's smoke, we ain't running Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown Off this way, doing all these shows I been on the road, I don't care where I go Long as I get paid Bad little fight, she been on my mind Soon as I get back, she can stay Do this all the time, this ain't no surprise Every other night, another movie can made Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around I really liked it uh, I don't think I've listened to Gunna that much For what, it's like there's no logical reason behind it. I think he's just one of those artists that I've been listening to other people and um, I haven't had a reason to fully check him out, but I know a lot of people enjoy him a lot. But I think that part was Little Baby, though. That was Little Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Little Baby's kind of one of those artists, too, actually. But um, I really like the song and I, I really like the beat, whatever that guitar thing, that quick, quick pace <laughs> guitar. That was dope. Eric? Uh, so. I was one of those people who who didn't really get the hype of Lil Baby, and then I saw him live recently, and yeah, it, it, he's 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 the one, man. Like he he can definitely rock a crowd. Everybody in that crowd like knew his his lyrics and everything, and it was like, I don't know, it was really really fun. And yeah, I think this project too, the Gun and Lil Baby, like people have been hyping up this project for for so long, and I think this is a good good start. They sound great together. Yeah, they really They do. mastered this kind of like staccato singing technique that you haven't really heard like 
Will. I mean, you hear Thug do it a lot, but I feel like they're better at singing than him, and so they sound smoother, and then that guitar and shit going on, it feels great. People get pissed when you compare them to Rich Homie Kwan and Young Thug. I <laughs> get pissed. That's fair. Yeah. Mikey? Uh, yeah, I think it's a great song, man. I, I think, you know, it's crazy. I was just thinking, like, Little Baby and Gunna both, in a weird way, sound like Young Thug, like, when he's in pocket. Because, you mm -hmm. know, they exactly. Young Thug has, has that high, whiny kind of... Mm -hmm. Um, voice, and then he has he has that 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 more melotone flow, and they both right. just sound in pocket like all the time, like right. in pocket thugger all the time. And they're they're one of the two few artists that, that are current and new that I think are hot on the internet and hot in quote unquote the streets, yeah. right, we, yeah. which is hard to find. A re you know, yeah. artists that are like, yo, you can do a little grimy club in Alabama, or you could come yeah. do rough trade, and still would be crazy. And when you hear them out or on the radio. They kind of cross all... Yeah, all yeah. Genre, yeah, all all demos, I should say, demographics. Yeah. Have, have any of you guys seen Gunna perform? Yeah. How is it? He's good. Like, this project, Gunna and Little Baby, this is the, the most anticipated project for me for the rest of the year. I don't care who comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both on QC. They're, no, uh, no, because Gunna's Gunna on signed to y YSL, yeah, yeah. he signed to Thug. Oh. Yeah, he signed to Thug. But Baby's... But Baby's uh, um, QC. QC. Yeah. Yo, they, they are like Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> wow which one's Shaq Hakeem ooh which one's Shaq which they one's Kobe <laughs> alright so I think Gunna is Shaq because big body uh, <laughs> just just a freak Bad of nature of free freak of nature freak of nature <laughs> but baby is Kobe because baby came out of jail Mm. And just started started shooting. He literally started Kobe. scoring all crazy. <laughs> yeah. So no it's kind of like Kobe out of high school mm. and just started putting up buckets. Is he Kobe eight or twenty? Oh, he's 24? definitely Kobe eight. Okay. Just wild. <laughs> oh God, just man. like he, he may he look. He may fight you. He maybe he may, may put up thirty on you. Mm. All right, <laughs> let's go to the next song. Uh, Tizzy T, a song called "Don't Need." This is Eric's selection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Sounded pretty good. We were pouring suju around while we were uh, while we were listening. Uh, but he sounded like he was like rap rapping, mm -hmm. so pretty hard. So uh, it was enticing in that regard. Uh, so Tizzy T, uh, shout out to Allison Toy who translated the song for me. It is called "Don't Need." It's off his new album. Um, to me, he kind of is like the Chinese Drake. Uh, and this Ooh. song kind of reminds Ooh. me of something that I would hear on like a, you know, you know how Drake has those like harder type of. If you're song. reading this, mixtape, yeah. mixtape yeah. Drake, mixtape mm -hmm. Drake. Um, 
So if you listen to the song all the way at at the end, he kind of does like the, you know, like, and it just reminds me a lot of Drake. Um, And if I could understand what he's saying, I think I would like it more, but I only, I already like it off just the flow and sort of how he's in the pocket and just, yeah, that's why I like it. It's good. I was into it. Um, Yeah, his flow is great. You could tell that in any language. Um, And I like that in your notes you said it's too Asian to find online, and I found it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fuck you, Eric. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think the the thing that that transcends in that song is his energy and his flow. You know, no matter what language is, you can just feel it. It evokes some kind of feeling and emotion. Same. Ditto. It definitely had a nice atmosphere. Set a nice atmosphere. All right, uh, we're going to get into YBN Almighty J, a song called Two-Tone Drip, oh, which is what we I call did. Reed Jackson. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, I like this shit. Yo. Should I go first? Yeah. Well, uh, your, your song. Yeah, so I just wrote about this album, the YBN uh, mixtape. Mm, and Insider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think my point with this song was that like regardless of what you think of them, um, because they're so young and Almighty Jay's like he did, had the Black China relationship and all that. Um, but like the simple fact is they like make music that kind of slaps. It's like it, it and the mixtape is full of it. It's full of them. So um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Eric? Gonna have to be that guy and say <laughs> nay. <laughs> Only because he's rapping like Rich the Kid and it's not original. But it is super catchy, so. Yeah, I think I forgot everything that just happened in the last like minute of listening to the song. <laughs> Couldn't remember the melody, words, or anything else. Uh, tone drip. <laughs> oh uh, and I think that made the memory worse for me. <laughs> so I'm going to say nay. <laughs> Mikey. I have to say, I, I also, as somebody who covered this album, and I co- I actually interviewed Almighty J about this song, specifically about the lyrics. And as we could tell, it's not the most lyrically rich song out, but it's a bop. Like you said, it slaps, it's slapper. That's really the only thing I, I need to say about it. Mm. Should be noted, I think Almighty J is like, the roughest around the edges member of the For YBN sure. crew, yeah, mm. definitely. And so, um, but yeah, I think they're on the on the rest of the album, the other uh, um, Corday and yeah, yeah they're doing. Vincent great, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like you know, he's like the so Tony Ayo of the crew. They need that one, just like, <laughs> he's oh, like the man. fun one. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you're listening. You're necessarily listening to Almighty J for the lyrics. You're listening yeah. to it for for a bop. For he's the Ayo of the group. 
when yeah. are you getting your chain? Why be in Mikey? When are you getting your chain? Ben Baller. <laughs> <laughs> Manny? Yeah, I thought the record was fun. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. Sound like a jaded man. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, all right, cool. We'll get into the last song, which is a world premiere. Is it a world premiere? World premiere. Wow. Ooh. Our first world premiere of the Rap Writers Show. Exclusive. <laughs> uh, it's a Ted Park, a song called Worth It. Do you want to add anything before we listen to it? Yeah, definitely. Um, for everyone who isn't familiar with Ted Park, he's an artist from Madison, Wisconsin, also Korean-American. Earlier this year, he signed a big partnership with Jay Park, who's helping him get his all his stuff out there in Korea. Um, but yeah, this comes out tomorrow, 11 a.m. It's the new single from his upcoming EP, which I can't not say the name. He'd kill me if I say it right now. But it's really him just kind of taking, you know, a, a, a little different approach to his music. He's known for the real auto-tune, melodic type stuff. And this one is a, a bit more personal, as you'll, you'll see in a second. Yep. If it's worth it I know you think that things never gonna change But it's only gonna get better Now the darkness not forever, no You've been through things and you're hurting You wake up and don't know if it's worth it I know you think that things never gonna change But it's only gonna get better Now the darkness not forever, no They don't know what you've been through Why are they talking about you? I know that people so rude don't let it get to you, no, no We're human, we make mistakes, we're not perfect Don't put your head down, dry those tears and understand you're not worthless They're your friends, but when you need them, they all disappear quickly When they need something, they come back and say that they miss me Having a big heart means it breaks up more pieces That's facts, valid point, why there's even more reason To know everything you give, you disappear back The little people with the most love to give fall through the cracks I remember I was sleeping in that park on the benches Couldn't tell my parents Where my friends I was in trenches I lied, see my mama cry Heard my homie die Still alive, but so dead inside Couldn't use my mind I cried a couple oceans And some things had me hurting I see the stranger smile Told myself it's all worth it Things and you're hurting. You wake up and don't know if it's worth it. I know you think that things never gonna change, but it's only gonna get better. Now the darkness not forever, no. You've been through things and you're hurting. You wake up and don't know if it's worth it. I know you think that things never gonna change, but it's only gonna get better. Now the darkness not forever, no. Read. I like that. Um, so we went to another a mandate. Jay and Ted Park <laughs> went to their show, and I think you said you met, you mentioned you hosted a panel. Was that we went earlier in the day? Oh, where okay. Ted okay, performed. You're mixing, mixing up our dates, man. <laughs> no, that was the same day. Though. <laughs> but we did. We, we went to some. We went to that thing I, I mentioned. The he had the. Um, Oh yes, there was a I, panel I did a Ted panel Park where Ted, performed. yeah, he did he a performance. Yeah. That was my first time interacting with Ted, Ted and yeah. seeing him. And, and then later that night, if you, it was the same day, we went to a Jay Park uh, release party for Soju. 
Oh yeah, SOBs. Yeah, packed house. Yeah, glad we got that clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start that over. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we went. Um, I saw Ted that day, and I think I had the same reaction that a lot of people had when they when they see him is that he's goofy. But um, when he performed, he was um, in that melodic pocket that you were kind of describing when we were talking about Thug earlier, and that let me know that like he knows what he's doing and that he's talented. And so yeah, this is um, I liked it, and I thought it was he was in that pocket again. Yeah, he's in this lane that I've you know. It's it's just different for for someone who's you know an Asian American. I mean, he you you've st- sold it to me as a, an Asian little yachty, but yeah, I think he's more than that. You know, what I mean, he he has he has that melodic you know sensibility, but it's also I think he's he's a better songwriter, and I think this is a pretty good example of that. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, he also has kind of elements of Kyle too in this sort of like uplifting kind of positive vibe. Um, less like, I don't even hear little Yachty because I feel like sometimes he does that high key voice just to like, just for affect. And this was like, actually you could tell he could sing and he could, he could rap. Um, I was into it. I liked it. Felt good. Yeah, I thought it was fresh. I really liked the, um, the melodies and, um, it was catchy. So, I mean, full disclaimer, also, I appreciate all the compliments, but it's hard when you know someone works with an artist to give <laughs> a full advice opinion. That's so, I, just thank you guys. Yeah. I, I, but I feel you guys, it. you know, gave honest opinions. <laughs> no, it's dope. It's um, different, too. Because he's operating at a tenor that I don't think many artists Yeah, do. for sure. So, just also to give a little more background, like, he, he really, as you can hear on this song specifically, he can really sing if he yeah. wants to. He just really hasn't showcased that yet in his music. But we're getting to a point now where you are going to hear a lot more melodic and a lot, uh, you know, just less auto-tune type songs like this. I mean, just hearing what you said for that introduction is that, like, he's trying a different thing. And that's something I think we can all sort of appreciate. Um, And I actually remember seeing him at the Alumni Flushing store Oh, yes. He was also there. And I was there at, like, noon because I came after, like, getting lunch or some shit. And I was nine hours there before the performance had started. And Ted Park was just hanging out outside bumming cigarettes just kicking it just being like a kid right and yeah then i saw videos later um of him just like tearing it the fuck down and people going crazy so i like that he's just you know he's a young kid with that kind of like wide-eyed ambition for sure yeah 23 years old you know moved here like three or four years ago from wisconsin to pursue music is he gonna work with a vocal coach for the singing uh maybe you think he needs one? Shots. What are you trying to say, bro? <laughs> Drake, bro. Drake. No, no, I'm saying at him, man. At him. No, I'm saying Drake, Drake works with one. I'm just saying. No, I'm kidding. Out, but, man, if, if there are any great vocal coaches out there that want to step up, hey, reach out. Um, all right, cool. We're going to get into the last segment because we're running hell late. Uh, we're going to get into the darkest corner. Do we have the music for it? Uh, no, we don't. Um, but just imagine some very spooky Halloween type vibes. Halloween is just a month away. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to tell, tell dark stories from the industry. Um, I have one. Who else has one? I got one. All right. You go first. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was at a dinner recently. I don't, don't say what dinner it was. It was some label stuff. Um and the I guess with the rappers, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to know. Friend, I don't know how she was associated with him, but she was like trying to recruit the some women at the table to go out with them after the dinner. They're like, 
wow. as a like it was like very much like some R. Kelly like, type shit. Like. Not it was not it was just very much like you can like this girl was describing me. She was describing me, but she was like you can tell that she probably promised the rapper. I know a bunch of women mm. that will probably want to hang out with you and then whatever. And she was trying to fulfill that promise. And then the people that she was asking, it was like, uh, fuck out of here. We've been around. <laughs> we, we know what's going on. <laughs> we peep game. And no, we're actually just going to go home. And so I was like, wow. Did I even know that? I didn't know that was the thing. She's like, yeah, that happens a lot at dinners. Oh. And then I was like, wait, really? And it's like, yeah, this is what it is to be a woman in the industry. And I was like, oh, this just got really dark. Damn. And this yeah, is like a full dark. on media invite dinner. Like, yeah. And I was like, Damn. whoa, this is kind of crazy. So that's dark, dark corner. That was dark. <laughs> Mikey, um, can you follow that up? Can you get even darker? Damn. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I can kind of switch the mood a, a bit, but yes. Can you bring it lighter? Yeah. So, man, recently at work, I witnessed a rapper just throw a straight up hissy fit of like a full blown... I don't want to do the interview. It's too early in the morning. Granted, it was 1 p.m. And but he what? was there. He was there. So <laughs> he came into the interview. Yeah, like all, all all about it. And as soon as he found out he had to do a little bit of rapping, complete sh- shut the fuck down. Like, oh, they never told me I had to do this. Meanwhile, his manager and publicist are sitting right there, and they're like, "We told you last night. We sent you the instructions. We sent you samples." And yeah, he, he was just adamant about how it was too early in the morning. He didn't want all this all these people in the room. There's like four people in the room, half are from his team. And he had to physically be removed from the room by his team. Have I guess they gave him like a, a five or ten minute sit down. And yeah, they had to just prep him and, and he came back and he was like a different person. What? But it, it was very much equivalent to like when you witness a child and they're like, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to do violin practice or I don't want to go to soccer <laughs> practice. Yeah, like and you just 19 years old. Exactly. Like, I want to play violin now. And it's crazy because <laughs> like this, like he's all over World Star, like big guns in his videos. His lyrics are about, you know, Dracos and about all this crazy shit and just, yeah, have, have a hissy fit. So it, it goes to show you, man, like there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on in, in rap, especially with Everything that you see and is world star rap a subgenre yet? Because there's a very specific yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like you sent me a video today. Man. Yeah, yeah like, some of these yeah. artists that are specifically making music to get on world star. It's like God damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Off, pissy fit. Um, not quite as dark as many. Since we were talking about the blog rap era earlier, I remember early or at some point in the blog rap era days uh i found out about a show at the knitting factory in manhattan mm. the old one mm. where is a was opening for oh, kid cuddy wow. <laughs> in the basement of uh, the knitting factory and so i brought my friend who doesn't like rap and we went to the <laughs> show and we got there early and i had a suitcase for some reason and we <laughs> got drunk and uh <laughs> so Iza Kiza performs to a room of probably two people. <laughs> I think actually you, you two. Were, yeah, I think I was one of two people. <laughs> and then uh, it was cool. I liked it. And then uh, Cuddy comes out to a room of five people. Mm. And he plays like some new songs that no one's really ever heard. It was before a kid named Cuddy even came out. Mm. And uh, no one was really reacting. And meanwhile, it was like a room this, it was like this big of a crowd. So no one's really going crazy. 
And then he throws a hissy fit while performing and then leaves and then comes back. <laughs> and then he's like, you guys know day and night, don't you? And everyone's like, well, the five people are like, yeah. And then he's like, cool. And then he plays day and night for all five of us. And everyone knows the words. And then he leaves again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was there, yo. Were you at that show? Wasn't it a weird you thing where that? they like it was in that small room downstairs, downstairs. right? And they yeah, like yeah. where the bar is separated. Yeah. And you had to walk to the back to see the show, kind That's of. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And like they would like Were you one of the other five I people? Think, <laughs> I think that the publicists, yeah, they would try to usher us all to that back room to see the yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. wow. we but we we're all just hanging out by the free bars. We're like, there's twenty of us here. What like Right. Yeah, I think I Am was I there for that. this at all the right way. Or yeah, no, like that's exactly how it happened. Okay, and yeah. uh, you know, all the artists were sketched out, but yeah, I, I damn, yeah, I should have signed him. Like, yo, sign his three sixty deal. Yeah. And then <laughs> next year, he was like had a Gaga sample. Exactly, it was here. over. So, yeah, that's my dark story. You guys got anything? No. All right. Um. Well, that was episode four of season two. All right. We'll wrap right at the show. What a roller coaster. I know, that was a, a very. Yeah. That was, we were everywhere. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Mikey, man. Thank, thank you, you Mike. Coming. Anything to, to plug? Anything to mention before we before we're out? Make sure you support the Rap Writers Podcast, man. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, all nice. streaming services. Right, Please so support this. <laughs> Where can people follow you? Uh, on Instagram, Mikey underscore Fresh One, and on Twitter, Mikey Fresh One. Nice. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. We'll